hi welcome back to another episode of control alt delete the podcast with the same name as my book which is out in july with penguin random house so i've just got back from holiday and i've also got quite a sore throat don't know if you can tell so today's episode is really exciting i have julia white on the podcast who works at twitter hq in london and um she's brilliant person who i've worked with in the past and is my friend so She's a very cool lady in tech. She studied at the University of Birmingham before then starting out with the Express newspapers. She was then the deputy online editor of OK Magazine and then the editor of Yahoo's Celebrity Channel. She now heads up the media partnerships at Twitter. So she basically helps magazines and publications and lots of media channels make the best out of Twitter and the platform and all of the things it offers from Periscope to Snappy TV to lots of different unique hashtags or emojis so yeah she does a lot and especially with um, magazines such as Elle and Glamour and Red to get the best out of the celebrity interviews and all sorts of innovative tools around that so we talk about Twitter obviously um, emojis tweeting from space online journalism how to get into the industry and the power of social media so I hope you really enjoy this episode thanks for listening Julia. Hi. We are here at Twitter HQ in London, which I feel like I've been here quite regularly recently, so it's nice. I feel like I know the receptionists. At home with all the free snacks. Yeah, love it. So, uh, to introduce Julia, you are you have been amazing uh, helping us with the IRL panel, first of all. You were just brilliant at helping us to kind of host that here and kick it off, so thank you so much for that. Not at all. We loved having you here. Yeah, it was, was so fun. So fun. It was the perfect fit for us, and it was the idea that all these kind of amazing women had met on the platform and yet were coming together in real life. Yeah, no, amazing. Um, you've had a really interesting career, which we'll talk about a bit more in a minute, but um, you started off at... I started off... Through it. So I actually started off, believe it or not, in sports journalism. Oh, no way. Yeah, which was... Um, so when I sort of set off... Um, on my route after doing English at uni and then doing a journalism um, diploma I set off getting all my various bits of work experience and the people that came back to me were actually the independent sad look that it doesn't mm, exist anymore lovely. yeah um, sports desk who said well why don't you come and do a month and I had grown up I guess I'd grown up in Manchester my dad was mega into football I'd loved Ryan Giggs and Lee Sharp it was kind of that era had them on my wall oh my but, god I remember that <laughs> yeah. but was also like quite into watching matches and kind of could definitely hold my own so I thought actually this could be a really cool niche mm. so did a bit of work experience doing that um, ended up securing um, a column called Julia White's Championship Roundup oh my god <laughs> which was uh, at the Sunday Telegraph Every Saturday, I think I was paid £50 to do a Saturday shift, which was basically writing little match reports and rounding up the manager's quotes. And I was like, this is my calling. Um, And then I sort of swerved slightly away from sport because I got on the Express newspaper's grad scheme. So when it was kind of panic stations need to get a proper job, that's the job that I ended up getting. And on day one, there were kind of 12 of us who'd gone in to start the training scheme. I got put online and I remember at the time this was 2006 thinking I want to be in print and I was doing everything I could to sort of get myself over to the paper and I was sort of shifting extra shifts at the weekend I remember my parents saying but when are you going to get published and I was like I am it's just online (laughs) do you think it was like in those early days it really was 
online was sort of not that well regarded? Not at all. And I remember in my interview they asked me, what do you think of our websites? And those days were about five stories went up on the Daily Express website and on the Daily Star website and they just stayed up for the day and that was the website. There was no social media presence. And I remember finding it really easy to lay into the websites when I was in my interview and then arriving and go, no, they actually put me here. Um, And it was a really bizarre time where very much disregarded in terms of hierarchy in the actual paper. Um, we sort of were operating in our own little vacuum um, and it was fun because we were trying things mm. so when exactly yeah. so trying about content when Twitter launched we were there going shall we tweet through a TV show maybe and I remember we tweeted through Big Brother and the f- this was through AK- OK Magazine's handle and the followers loved it and they were then at a point where they couldn't watch Big Brother without us because we were this kind of added commentary. What year was that? This was, this was probably... This must have been 2007, 2008. Oh, my God. And I think... So the, the first real live tweeting that was done on behalf of a magazine? Absolutely. I think it hadn't been seen before. I remember genuinely rushing back from a anniversary dinner saying I've got to tweet through Dancing on Ice the fans you know the followers won't be able to watch it without us it was like a commitment to this thing because it was doing so well and people were loving it and you fast forward however many years 10 years and it's now become the norm you know as a Mm. as a kind of and you're working at Twitter and I'm working (laughs) at Twitter who would have thought but yeah those were the very early days when we did all sorts of funny stuff like um, silly kind of taste tests in the office just to see if we put content up whether people would vote or get involved um, we came up with all sorts of kind of silly competitions that made us look silly like something called Facebook Friday where we gave away a prize every week on a Friday and we did a jingle for it and we dressed up um, and yeah it was like those kind of look back and they sort of felt very difficult days but they were almost like the glory days yeah and don't you find it really interesting though that um when it comes to testing new things out and trying new things you're still doing that yeah it's true it never kind of you never lose that and that's it just I guess, feels like it's faster now i guess definitely and so yeah if there's a new product for example periscope and then it's like once you've mastered that then suddenly there's the integration with gopro and it's like wow so i'm i guess i'm acting in my role now as kind of pushing people to push the limits on this side of things um 10 years on you can't slack you can't just be tweeting through tv shows now whereas then it was this wow factor people are bored of it and you've got to be really good Mm. So Julia is um, responsible for a lot of the really cool stuff you're seeing with celebrity interviews. Aren't you like all of the cool kind of add-ons where they're talking to the camera when they're doing like Twitter Q&As and stuff like that? That's really evolved, hasn't it? Yeah, so um, the Twitter Q&A is obviously an age-old thing that um, that people have been doing for, as the mags and um, got involved, you know, on, with Twitter have been doing Q&As. Mm. We've recently developed a really cool app, which means you can video reply. So um, the talent get to put the put the camera on selfie, leave a little reply within 30 seconds, and that's the reply rather than a quote tweet. Um, and that's something we, we work on these kind of new tools lots. 
cool stuff with talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so my job, I work here um, in the media partnerships team and I work across the lifestyle and culture section and that includes all the mags. So like you say, if one of the magazines like Glamour, um, last week they did a really cool interview with Emily Blunt and Chris Hemsworth. For, I saw that. The, cool. Yeah, for the Huntsman, and the two of them just did the whole thing on video. And I think the audience is hungrier for more. It needs to feel more intimate than before. Mm. It needs to feel more authentic. It can't just be necessarily words on a tweet. Yes, exactly. It is funny, isn't it, how it's evolved? Because I, I love it that it's sort of for writers. It's an amazing platform because I feel like I, I like words more than anything else. But at the same time, um, it's become so much more visual and it's just it's still just a little snapshot. So you feel like you're just you're kind of in the room with them. Mm. It's awesome. It, I think the authentic factor and I think we're finding it's kind of whatever um, activity people are doing, it adds. So whether it's behind the scenes before or a selfie mid or a periscope after, it sort of adds content to that core activity that you're doing anyway yeah my favorite example of the periscope um case studies is which tennis player is it there's one that did was it Federer Federer. yeah and he's like basically film he's doing this sort of selfie into the camera before he's about to play a match you would not get that watching tv he's amazing and he did a really cool walk around at wimbledon and he someone asked him what's the grass looking like roger and he put (laughs) the Phone to the grass and was like check it out for yourself and then he like heckles Leighton Hewitt another tennis player on a court nearby and he's just like Leighton give us an ace and it's so raw and that's the beauty of it and a lot of people a lot of my partners will say how can I do amazing Periscope content how can I make sure it's really slick and it's like actually the best content is the raw content mm. um, we've seen some really crazy stuff recently so Dan Snow um, he decided he wanted to record Sunrise at Stonehenge on Periscope but not just from an angle of him and on selfie mode with the archaeologist he decided he wanted to strap a GoPro to a drone and have the drone fly over Stonehenge and he was basically flicking between both cameras and it was just like that's cool that's really no one will have ever seen that before exactly and that's the beauty of GoPro right now is that everyone's doing firsts so I've just been working with sorted food where pretty much we're doing like frying pan cam (laughs) we might rename frying cam Um, (laughs) but like getting the getting the GoPro in in the food so you know that whole new perspective I want it on a on stage with an actor um that's my kind of next thing that I'm working on I I want oh that would be amazing like imagine going to like I don't know in a Shakespeare play you know when my favorite um Shakespeare play that I've ever seen is when it was Lenny Henry playing Othello and it was so it was like in the round so it was like a tiny stage and what I love and this is really weird but like you know when actors get so into it they're like spitting everywhere (laughs) like imagine kind of seeing that through the GoPro of all these like yes going on on stage I love that hashtag no filter whatsoever (laughs) yes so that's my aim I want it strapped to someone because you can have a tiny GoPro it doesn't have to affect the costume if it can't be strapped to someone I want it on a prop Mm. like that extra angle you're right you know if you're in the round you're seeing certain degree but you want to see that other kind of view amazing and imagine if um you know I can't I mean I'm not an actor so I don't know but I'm imagining that like you're so lost in your role looking that back and seeing the audience reactions you're not going to see that when you're in the moment but totally talking of um, individuals using the platform in amazing ways um, 
what some of the things that you've seen recently, not not necessarily from celebrities, but just a bit of a cool moment where the platform has facilitated a career opportunity mm. or anything like that? So, well, my favourite thing at the moment, um, or of recent weeks, is we work the literary agents Curtis Brown and they do a really cool thing every month um, which they call hashtag pitch CB where they basically say pitch us our agents are going to be online we're going to be looking for genuine writers of the future um, so yeah we've just had our first success where this amazing up-and-coming author called Laura McVeigh she saw the hashtag um, she pitched a book in 140 characters and Curtis Brown loved it picked it up um, she's been signed she's had wow. several different editions across like nationalities signed and it was literally from a tweet so I think those kind of moments they excite me almost most because they're small pockets it's not like a Kanye West tweet where everyone's heard about it mm. and the tweet's gone insane and had thousands upon thousands of retweets it's just a small pocket of a community yeah. who are benefiting and, and kind Twitter of, is full of writers and journalists isn't it? it so what, what an amazing exactly. um, way to use the platform. Yeah. That's amazing. So um, is that every week, did you say, or every month? So they do it monthly. Wow. Um, they are, like, very open to finding new people constantly. There's not, you know, they've genuinely got their agents on the prowl. And, yeah, it's just such a nice moment where... And other stuff like um, the, the YouTuber Will Derbyshire, he's doing a book called This Modern Love, and it's entirely crowdsourced. And he's got a whole section which is just crowdsourced from Twitter. So it's like changing the boundaries of how we see kind of traditional publishing. You know, actually it's saying, what do you guys think about love? And that's going to be the backbone of my my entire book. That's amazing because it is funny, isn't it, that, um, you know, people say that if you have a Twitter account, you're sort of doing, you're like doing journalism (laughs) but like obviously you're not but um like during the riots for example that i found so interesting from a perspective of using twitter because it was a it was crowdsourcing the news Mm -hmm. so it was you know typing in your postcode whatever and finding out what was going on and how to be safe and it's like you know if a train is delayed i do i don't go on a website i go on twitter that's a bad example but i I think it's a good example because i think one of the things that you could say about the platform is it kind of takes on different forms depending on the situation and often it can take on a kind of utility purpose so um you know some of the stuff we do with tfl is like the it's the only place they can do that kind of content where they're actually trialing out kind of alerts and a real way of informing people and it can just be a utility mm. as opposed to a, a sort of networking or social media site it is funny that sometimes you just see people um and they only use twitter to rant about transport i like but you know <laughs> I've, I've met someone at a dinner party for example once and like type the name into twitter just to be like oh i'll follow them on twitter <laughs> and it was just like the metropolitan line. TFL, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. She uses it for that very specific way. Um, I, yeah, I think brands are brilliant now, and they realise that actually customer service on Twitter is it needs to be absolutely their top priority. Yes. And also, like millennials, especially, I think expect. You know, I lost my suitcase at an airport recently. And I tweeted, like, the airline just being like, you've lost my bag. And I got something straight back, like, two minutes later, just being like, we're on it. Yeah. And I expect that. Totally. I expect that to be more quick than me going to the customer service person in real life. Totally. I had a similar thing with Pret, where I left Pret, 
went on my way back to the office to Zara, sneaky Zara <laughs> visit, and um, in the on the on route, basically my chicken seat leaked down my leg. And I had oh, this kind are. of disastrous situation where um, Rebecca, who also works at Twitter, with me, um, found me in the toilet, like, ankles, <laughs> during jeans from my ankles, like, mopping chicken soup off my legs. And um, <laughs> and I I think one of my colleagues tweeted Pratt and said, just found Julia in the toilet in an uncompromising situation with a load of chicken soup on her and added prayer and within minutes I had a lovely DM within a day I had a package to say sorry here's your little goodie bag which I was totally won over by you know chocolate and popcorn um and you expect that you're right and that's also what a good opportunity for them Totally. And I think that brands are realising that it's about tone of voice. So some brands that are doing brilliant stuff like Innocent Smoothies, they're actually adding value to a conversation. So when there's a tube stripe and everyone's wading in with their kind of grumbles, they will do something funny. Mm-hmm. They'll do kind of a gif or a graphic or, a, um, it, you know, something that will make you laugh. And you won't think, well, that's a brand I'm not going to retweet because you'll actually think, well, they're just adding value to the conversation. Yeah, you can tell it's a person behind the brand. My fa- One of my favourites is Waterstones. Yeah. I don't know if it's still the same guy. It used to be someone called Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it would be, you know, I love books, obviously, and I'd tweet Waterstones, and it would be, um, I, you know, I've had a quick look at your news feed, Emma, I think you'd like this book, Love Greg. <laughs> and it's like, how nice That's is that? So, yeah, That's it's totally... And it's worth that extra investment from that person because you, like, yeah. remembered it, yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, Twitter is a free tool, um, obviously, if you're not advertising, but it's free marketing and PR mm. even if it's from your personal perspective um, who do you think is doing a good job for just kind of cutting through sort of I- individuals that are rising up or do you think there's any celebrities what, my um, favourite is Chrissy Teigen mm, she's brilliant she's so funny yeah she's brilliant I'm a bit obsessed with Tim Peake he's in space but he's finding time to tweet and he's loving it and he's um mental yeah it, he's just he's per, he's brilliant because I don't he's, know if I know anything about this so so <laughs> he's in. basically he went up to space um in December he's got all sorts of responsibilities and science experiments he needs to be doing up there for the next six months he's basically taken us with him and he's he's doing daily tweets of amazing little videos that are kind of his view from space he's he's basically he's not being a stranger in the most extreme way he's basically very very present he's getting involved in conversations the queen and elton john tweeted him good luck he tweeted them back and it's kind of oh, blowing your mind yeah. that he's at he's there but he's and so we're going to do a twitter q a with him um very soon he did a sort of q a with um, Sky News last week but yeah he's wow. my hero right now and he's um, I don't know if you ever look at moments but um, he will often they'll do a kind of 10 tweets to start your day or 10 tweets to take you home and they're, they are my go to on a daily basis Amazing. and his tweets will be in there because they'll just be something mind blowing or be you know Kanye will have gone on one of his like rants and then Tim Peake will have tw- tweeted some ridiculously amazing view from above the universe basically it's so Um, crazy like i just find that twitter speeds up connections in a way that i've never experienced before like i mean 
someone somewhere in the world will see your tweet mm-hmm. and that could spiral and something could happen yeah. and it's almost the power of retweeting is like you just get so many eyeballs on something mm. kind of accidentally i think it is a great leveler and it's that kind of world in which i i often would say to people don't be afraid to send a tweet to someone that you think won't reply like it's absolutely an open platform and we've seen some of the kind of um, you've seen in the headlines things like fan a fan who missed out on a Taylor Swift gig because her plane was delayed and you know pretty much crying and Taylor saw it and ended up giving her tickets and Adele did the same thing recently in Manchester like crazy things happen on Twitter because it's so open yeah. and such a leveller um, and it's just worth it isn't it I mean going back to that tweet for the pitching for the book yeah you know, that one tweet totally. has, changed, has changed her whole career um, it is like the cocktail party of the internet, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I just that. I just join conversations that I'm not even, yeah. I'm not even welcome in. Totally. <laughs> I think okay. a lot of the things the connections I've made have happened through Twitter or the reason that I've ended up doing some kind of cool thing which is outside my day job has been because I've made some cool connection or even and you'll have this too friends who I've actually really never met who I've just loved their blogs and told them that yeah it's very much about open appreciation and kind of being bold and not being afraid of kind of rejection yeah. in a normal that you might be in a normal social situation absolutely I, I feel like it, it's kind of up to the individual to create a community for themselves because you know I think I think Twitter is a good example of you get what you give and you get back what you put in yeah. and if you make a community for yourself then your mentions are going to be really positive and really nice and really mm. great feedback um, I mean <laughs> Yeah, I try and attract what what the vibes I give out, if you know mm, what I mean. Which definitely. is why, you know, we should be able to shout and get angry on there. But I find that sometimes when I'm in a really angry mood, I get angry replies. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you can't... I think it mirrors you, basically. Like, yeah, I think that's very tr- true. And I think, obviously, you curate your own timeline. So you're choosing who you're following, you're choosing who your networking community is. And that's, that's why it becomes something for so many different things. And I know people who, um, you know my other half doesn't tweet just follows Liverpool footballers and that's that's great for him him. like you know it's not about an interaction situation it's about a knowledge um, you know based Mm. based product and that's just a different form and that's I think what's really special about it you can kind of mould so interesting because I think I know a lot of people who just use it to look Mm. I don't know if they sent one tweet but they find it so um, helpful and informative Mm. Um, so I was going to ask have you got a career highlight even if it's big or small I must say that I mean when I came here to help with the Tina Fey snappy TV um, Mm. Q&A that was amazing you must see so many celebrities walking in and out of this building yeah we do we do some cool we have a lot of kind of cool stuff going on um, and really cool thing with Elle and Code First Girls where we had um, like a load of kind of Elle readers come in and spend the day learning to code and they absolutely loved it and it's a big part of what we're we're kind of pushing back here at Twitter the idea of kind of getting women into tech moments like that where you're like wow this actually kind of happened in front of my very eyes um i get i'm very lucky in that i get to go to the palace the buckingham palace to to see the royal um digital team because i work on that so i'm working with them what's the twitter handle for that so it's at british monarchy um 
we're yet to get the Queen individually on Twitter, but um, the team there are brilliant. They totally get it. And it never fails to disappoint rocking up to the palace and sitting in one of their rooms and kind of one of them, wow. the first time I went there or one of the first early times, they, they're lovely. They said, um, we've got a bit of a special meeting room. And I was like, okay. And we got up there and it was the room with the balcony off it. And genuinely in the whole the meeting, the kiss, the oh everything God, that the happens kiss. on that balcony. Yeah. And they were like, wow. well, you can't go out to the balcony, but you can have a peek through the curtains. And it was just, I was just sitting there this is this is this is unbelievable i can't believe this is my job um sipping tea and having dutchy originals biscuits and it was just a real moment and that's brilliant working with um talented people on something as such an institution um and walking out of the building and to the crowds who think who's that really you know who's that celebrity leaving the palace and it's just little of me (laughs) (laughs) um yeah please (laughs) so that um that's those kind of moments are really big highlights um and i think a personal career highlight was going on the stay program um and i listen every morning religiously and um went on to talk about kind of millennials and social um and that was a bit of a moment being kind of thrown into that studio and having michelle hussein there looking across at me giving me a knowing eye and just thinking oh my god that's amazing um but yeah it's 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 really cool yeah what what a cool place to work i mean it's you really get a vibe when you walk in this building. It's just um, very buzzing, but also very friendly. Yeah. Um, I think if you come to Twitter UK, you realise it's not kind of, it's not a sort of cliche in in that there's no kind of London buses um, or slides or anything like that. It's just quite cool. And um, everything's very bird themed, as you'd imagine. Every meeting room is named after a bird. Um, and everyone goes crazy for the iPad coffee machine in the reception area, which, um, you know, yeah, brews I'm for you. I'm guilty for doing that. Um, and there's a lot of food. Um, and also the Twitter does love to kind of put on a nice party. We had our 10th oh, birthday yeah. last last week, two weeks ago. And um, we it had... Like, you know, you all went all out. They always do. It's brilliant. So we had... Um, you know all sorts of balloons and kind of cool hashtags around the building and um, rainbow bagels which i can oh report God, I are amazing also um, there's a sign out there that is the evolution of the bird yes and that's it's really people are really passionate about yeah, this because from you know i've used it for ages but i don't realize that the bird changes really yes because it just gets a little makeover yes so <laughs> then when you look at it through the ages you're like oh it really has yeah been. it's just had a little do up yeah. every so often like the hair yeah hair. people are really passionate about which bird and if you use the old bird oh my god, you know, god forbid um, i see you know when people like sign off their email signature with like twitter lo- uh, with uh, social media the icons one. And there's such a big part of me that wants to be like, your Twitter is outdated. <laughs> you are so 2008. I don't want to be that person. <laughs> yeah, the bird matters. <laughs> but yeah, we had, it was a really fun day. We had, you probably saw we had hashtag love Twitter yes. with a little heart and a bird emoji because obviously the emoji has become a really big part of like modern day Twitter. Yeah. How Twitter. do you... Um, Tell me if you can talk about this or not. How do you um, sign up for an image next to your hashtag? Like, well. if I wanted my own... Um, <laughs> is that what this I is wanted, all about? Like, you know, <laughs> well, as 
you can imagine emojis at like ridiculously hot property. I mean, it's like One Direction. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> we had a mega stash of them for the Brits. I don't know if you saw, oh, yes. but we had them for like every performer, every single um, vote, Twitter vote had the emojis. Um, it and we have them for sporting events. What happens is Love we, Wins was lovely as well. Yes, love that. Um, we had for International Women's Day. Mm. Um, but I th- what happens is we basically have to pitch them in a global pool, um, and there it's kind of the emoji gods decide. Um, and yeah. <laughs> it's it's literally uh, yeah, it's a very passionate talking point and. People love them. I mean, the amount I think, even with something like Star Wars, when we had the custom emojis for that, we were the proof was in the pudding that people just tweeted like crazy because they wanted to activate them. So I'm working on a couple of hashtag campaigns with little emojis at the moment. Fingers crossed that will happen. Um, it is just so fun. Yeah. There's something really weirdly fulfilling about the fact that you're hashtagging it and you can't see it until you publish it. Yeah. Is that, is that how it works? Well, the new Twitter you'll find if you put it in, you will see it. There's like a. Oh, it but I feel like emojis are bigger than ever. Like, I don't feel emoji fatigue happening at all. I don't know if you saw the um, Richard Osman's World Cup of Crisps. Oh, so um, R- Richard Osman, um, who's of pointless fame, he ran over Christmas. He did the World Cup of Chocolate. So we've got Twitter polls now, which um, people are going oh, crazy for. Yeah. yeah. So he was like, okay, I'm bored over Christmas. I'm going to do the World Cup of Chocolate. And he did a proper, um, he, he got all the chocolate bars and he put them in groups and he seeded them so that all the big bars were separate from the others and he he did a proper very serious business eight groups four in each group and he announced as each one went through to the next round and the banter around it is brilliant because people are so passionate about their whatever dairy milk one and then he said i'm going to do world cup of crisps over easter stay tuned so Obviously, we've all had it in our diaries, and I was, you know, the saddo that was basically doing nothing but spring cleaning on Easter weekend, and had set notifications on my um, for his account. Oh and God, the passion! I mean, Pom Bears made it through to like the second round. I love everyone was going insane because they were such underdogs. In the end, pickled onion monster munch. Oh, the whole that's thing! Niche. Like really odd. Do and you they reckon it was guilty pleasure? Maybe because that's like really surprising. There were no salt and vinegar in the top in the final four. There was no meat crisp in the final four. It was all very controversial. And I love that he's doing market research for like brands. It's brilliant. <laughs> like <laughs> it was, it's brilliant. Betfair got involved and started taking wow. bets, and um, the whole thing exploded. And he said he's going to do a World Cup of emojis. Well, he he tweeted that, and I was like, please, because the passion around emojis is. Is real. Yeah, it really. I is can't. Real. You know, I, I don't feel it's dying. I feel no, like everybody's I feel like it's getting bigger. Yeah. I mean, not only is it just easier to respond with a little face rather than, um, you know, when you're feeling something, only emoji sometimes can sum it up. Yeah. And what's your most used? Would you say? I feel like I should check my phone. Mine's um, the shocked face, the gasp. What like you know, the, like, the, monk, go- like, the like, like the ghost. Um, oh, shocked th- th- face. I feel like that's not shock. That's like horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's the horror. horror. Yeah, because it's, it's I'm, like blue. I'm a very um, I overreact a lot. Okay. You know, you know, like when you go. It's in mine. 
Oh my god, yes. Yeah. See, I think it's used a lot because I use it when, you know when you're like, oh, I'm dead, I've died, R.I.P. Me. <laughs> yeah. Um, this amazing thing happened. For, I for think anything. that emoji okay. sums up horror of like, oh, amazing. Yeah, fine, I get that. I use, I'm just looking at my most use, I often use, and I'm going to have to do a sound effect for this, the hands like, ooh, ooh, which I know <laughs> is probably just me who uses them in that capacity. Can anyone through this, through this medium of, audio <laughs> no other emoji. I hope people get because I so do it's the hands it's the two hands up yeah like the praise the lord I call yeah. it yeah so for me I feel like it's like ooh, ooh, like in a club I don't know yeah yeah I know it's like way everything's great and then obviously the crying with happiness I, oh yeah yeah I am partial to a lot of coffees so I always have coffee little coffee cup in there do you mean the um, slight tears of crying, or do you mean the streaming? Because I do the streaming crying. A lot. Oh, see that to me, that's like life is over. Really? I I just have like the little like oh, pockets yeah, yeah. of like that's tears. Because so when someone says anything nice to me, I do the streaming tears. Do you? It's always like you're Thank like you. what, you're t- <laughs> you're two are like my extreme. I only use it if I'm in like absolute hell or like <laughs> mental breakdown <laughs> tears. Um, oh, that's yeah. good to know. No. I'll be like, "What's happened to Julia? She's used that amazing." <laughs> and I do like that hidden, hidden um, eyes monkey. Oh yeah, do you do that, Is that bit. when you're embarrassed? It's kind of like, "Oops, yeah," or like, "I, I can't believe I'm missing to this yeah. moment." I love it. But yeah, no sign of them them going anywhere. And yeah, the little Twitter ones are. Loved. They're great. Yeah. They're so, so good. So we did, we had our own birthday one, which was cute. And people were just going, like, the hashtag was just full of, so, and it trended all day, and it was just full of lots of what we'd been talking about, really, love and yeah. kind of amazing what, stories. People yeah. who'd, like, met their um, partners, you know, actual real-life true love stories. Yes, um, I read that one. Um, I love the like button when it had little oh, the confetti. like confetti. I I I should that, that permanently. Yeah, I wanted that permanently. I, I want that request in. You probably <laughs> can know behind the scenes whether people liked liked things more maybe because of the confetti. Oh, I see. Yeah. I just kept liking things that I didn't even like. Yeah, I it. think the engagement rate was really really high that on that particular trend and it was basically just going, "Oh, I don't really know if I like this, but I just want to see the confetti." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much. I've got one last question, which yes. I always ask people. So, professionally and personally, or both, or just one, what are you excited about at the moment? What is 2016 bringing you? So, my big excitement for the coming weeks is I'm actually having a little baby. Yeah, those hands. Yeah, I'm. Yes, I'm getting my emoji, my new emojis ready. Um, yes, I am expecting and um, feeling larger by the day, um, and I am just excited about um, my little one's Twitter account. Oh my god, which well, <laughs> now I am. <laughs> um, but yes, I th- we think it's a boy, so. Um, and it's due right in the middle of the Euros, so there's going to be a lot of football um, in my house. And yes, I think um, a whole new world to come. Amazing! That's so so exciting. Congratulations! Thank you. And you look beautiful. Aww. And follow Julia on Twitter at Julia White, or one word at Julia White of your Twitter feed. Um, so thank you so much. 
Thank you. It was an absolute honour to be on here. Oh, thanks. Thank the blur. Good to have you. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time. Bye. Bye. If you liked this episode, please remember to leave a review or a rating on iTunes. It would mean so much to me. Also, um, tweet me at girllostincity on Twitter. I'd love to hear your feedback. So thanks so much again for listening and make sure you tune in next week. Bye.